With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Today's podcast is brought to you in association with AG1. As you know, here at the Fight Disciples, we take health and wellness very, very seriously, especially around summertime when we're trying to heat the beach and look incredibly good. That's right. Beach God, dad bod, and all that carry on. One man that is absolutely all in on the beach god performance is the one and only Mr. Nicholas P. And AG1 is part of his daily routine. Isn't it, Nicholas? Mate, it really is. It's coming up to about uh, 18 months to two years now where it's just been part of my daily habit. You know, I just have a drink every single morning. Um, and it's just, a, it's just a really nice nutritional supplement. It tastes delicious. I think it's got something like 75... Um, 75 high quality ingredients, all that kind of jive. You know, it's a micro habitat for your body. You know what they say? Listen, I started taking it because it's a, a great way if you're not getting enough fruit and veg here, there, and everywhere. It's a brilliant way to just add to your what should be a relatively healthy diet. And it's just a nice little daily ritual for me. And you know what? It kind of just gets me going every morning. Some people drink coffee. I have myself a little AG1 shake and it works for me. And tell you what, listen, when I get out there with the people at the shows, you've seen it, man. I get inundated with fight disciples coming up saying, my God, you're so much better looking and you're so much thinner in real life than I thought you were on TV or on the podcast. And that's down to AG1, man. It keeps me healthy. It keeps me svelte and it keeps me as the sex. There you go. If you want to look like the sex, like Nick Pete himself, then get yourself some AG1. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash fightdisciples. That's drinkag1.com slash fightdisciples. Go and check it out. This, 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 Disciples. Welcome to podcast episode number 761. We are the Fight Disciples. This is your boxing review from the weekend just gone. Before we get stuck into it, please subscribe to us. You can do it via our website, fightdisciples.com. Uh, we've got loads of audio feeds there. However you want to consume the show, you can do with Spotify and all that type of carry on. And you can also consume us on YouTube. Fight Disciples is where you should head. Hit the subscribe button. And I would like to thank all those people that took up um, the little note that we made on last week's show. Even if you don't want to watch us on YouTube and you are an audio subscriber, please just nip over to the YouTube channel. Hit subscribe because what it does is it boosts the ratings of the channel and therefore more boxing fans, more MMA fans will become aware of what we're doing 
and maybe they do want to consume it via video. I have noticed that the numbers since last week have started to rise and I'm putting that down to you doing us a favor. All right. So thank you very much for that. If you have gone over, you've hit the button and you've become a YouTube subscriber in the last few days or so. Thank you very much. Much appreciated. Yeah, quite disappointingly, we did lose one of our followers this weekend, unfortunately. Uh, he's been with us since the early days as well, but he's, he's unsubscribed to the channel this weekend. And it's sad to see you go, Frank Warren, because, you know, we're, 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 huge, we're huge fans of yours here at the Fight Disciples. But I understand it, man. I understand it because, because this guy fucking went for you the weekend on national radio. So uh, come back, Frank. You know, come on the show. Any Listen, he's going on all these soon, Frank. You come on here with me, lads. I'll stroke you back, Gareth A. Davies style. No problem. I'll back you, son. Come on. <laughs> Someone's had a busy weekend, haven't we, buddy? Listen, I went to Wales to cover in amateur MMA Four Nations tournaments. I'll talk about that on the UFC show today, or, mm. which we record later. And I turned me back for a minute. And you got up to all kinds of mischief, didn't you, eh? You got up to all kinds of mischief. Jesus Christ, you didn't tell me going to London to choose violence. Well, hey-ho, you did. Well done, son. Fight Disciples comes to national radio. Fantastic. Mate. Uh, you had man. a good weekend? It's exhausting, mate. I've had an exhausting weekend. Exhausting weekend. Listen, in all seriousness, they're doing their job. We're doing ours. Correct. That's it. Exactly. That's it. That's it. At the end of the day, you know, nothing's ever personal. Whether people want to take it personally or, they, or whatever, that's down to them. I never take anything personal. Uh, I know that you don't either. We're just doing our gig, man. Um, and there's no exactly. point in having an there's no point in having an opinion if you're not going to voice that opinion, or if you're going to say an opinion here, and then you're not going to say the the opinion here. It's like people come up to me all the time, right? And they talk to me. Well, we have seen on countless occasions people have an opinion behind someone's back, oh yes, or or say things on on one platform and not say that thing on in in another yeah. place because they're, they're Listen, scared of losing relationships and all this bollocks. Well, you know, be straight. An of just think, be, think, you've just got to be true run. to you. You've got yeah, to be I true to you, and obviously you've got to be you've got to be honest. If you if you're going to say something on here. Then when you come face to face with with any individual, you have to be honest enough to say to them, "Listen, I, I learned an awful long time ago in my journalism career that um, a wise man once said to me, an old journalist hack, and he once said to me, "Listen, I was a writer at the time rather than a broadcaster," and he said to me, "If always back whatever you write, but don't write something." that you wouldn't say to someone's face, more particularly about a boxer. If you're going to slag them off basically for a poor performance, your words, you've got to be able to look them in the eye and, and, and back those words up. And you know what? There's been once or twice over my career where boxers have come up to me and said, like, how dare you write that about me in, in less uncertain terms? And I've had to have a conversation with them, most famously Robin Reed. Robin Reed, I thought he was going to absolutely smash me to bits one time uh, come as, as performance up in Blackpool. But you know, I was honest, I fronted about it, and I and I, I think I got more respect from him in the long term of going, well, no, that's not, that. my opinion is this, Robin, and here's why I've got that opinion. And I think, you know, while Frank clearly was upset with you on Saturday night, I think by the time, you know, he's had his breakfast on Sunday morning, I think he will have more respect for you to, for, for, 
man enough for it and not, you know, and not curling up and going, oh, yeah, okay, Frank. You know what I mean? Which which 90% of journalists do because they don't want to burn bridges, lose relationships and whatever else. Listen, I've had the ear of Frank. I've had a lawyer's letter off Frank. It, it's it Basically, if you, if you haven't had a lawyer's letter or if you haven't felt the ear of Frank Warren or Eddie or Barry or whatever, then you're not really doing your job right because you have to ask certain questions and you have to, you know, push push back on certain narratives when they're when they're false narratives and you quite rightly push back on Frank to say, come on, man. Guy's fighting the fucking complete and utter novice. He's supposed to be the best heavyweight on the planet. Good on you. Good for you. It's all respect, man. It's all love. It's all love. Anyway. Exactly. <clears throat> all content. <laughs> That's not... Yeah, all right. Uh, yeah, so I've had a busy weekend, mate. Uh, mm-hmm. Exhausting. I'm looking forward to getting stuck into uh, UFC London this week, um, of which we will speak about on our MMA show. I'm looking forward to hearing as well about uh, your uh, your trip to to Wales because I've had a couple of messages of a couple of people that were uh, competing in there again. I saw a couple of gold medals from people that you uh, you highlighted in last year's show. They they performed again this this time around. So yeah. we'll get stuck into that on the MMA show, which is all good. Um, boxing this week. It's been a bit of a mad weekend for boxing this weekend. Mm. Lots of decisions. Bloody hell, it was hard to catch up with it yesterday. I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. Catching up with the UFC was nice and easy because there was just loads of finishes. But then, obviously, on the, when I was travelling back from Wales, I'm starting to pick up on bits of boxing that I'd missed from the weekend. Obviously, I watched the Kelly fight live on my, uh, on my laptop. But, uh, you know, catching up with Bumgarden and all that, I was like, oh, God, all these decisions, Jesus Christ. But uh, So, yeah, it was a bit of a, a weird weekend. <clears throat> Not one big standout performance. Excuse me, performance. I would say no. Let's let's. I tell you what. Let's start with Josh Kelly because obviously after my uh, Saturday night, I have never been so thankful for a late start to a main event yeah. in my entire life. Eleven o'clock start. I know that I saw on social media people were mourning, saying bloody hell, what's going on here? Why we've why started main events at like eleven o'clock, ten past eleven, or whatever it was when <laughs> it ended up getting going. No, no, no. Listen. My radio show finished at 11 o'clock. Everybody saw what I'd done on that radio show. So, I, you know what I mean? They're a bit of adrenaline pumping. I, I was kind of happy that I had something to watch. So, thank you, you very shadow much. Boxing. You yeah, were shadowboxing around your hotel room while Josh Kelly walking. <laughs> thank you very much to Wasserman for delaying the main event. So, I had a little bit of a come down. Brilliant. We can't say that. We can't, we can't just say that because it's yeah, suited your radio. No, it, it, it suited my agenda on Saturday night. Mate. So, thank you very much to Wasserman. For delaying the main event and putting it on at 11. Shocking. 11 p.m. start time for the main event. Yeah, it is. It is. It is a a piss take. It is a piss take. Um, But it's it's a difficult one, this, right? Because obviously Josh Kelly against Troy Williamson, he was brilliant. And the reason why he was brilliant is because Troy Williamson came and had a go. Correct. You know, bit of needle, didn't like each other. And Troy came to win, of which then elevated Josh to a new level where Josh could be absolutely outstanding. He was defensively great that night. He got clipped a couple of times, of course, but he was defensively good. He was offensively offensively good, and it just worked. Courtsaw didn't come to win, so therefore you've got a you've got a different question then in front of you, right? Now, I actually, and maybe it was because of the frame of mind I was in when I was watching it. But I actually enjoy watching Josh Kelly. I think he's a super talent. And I like his style. I like that he's got a bit of swag about him. And I actually liked 
the process of this fight, even though there's no finish, and there is a little bit of disappointment, of which I'll come to in a minute, but first four rounds in particular, as we build up to the fourth round, I thought were good. He asks questions. He's trying to figure it out. We get to the fourth round. He starts to up the gears. He starts to go through the gears. And I thought, fourth round, right, he's going to really start to put his foot down here. And this is where my criticism is. Because even though I think in the post-fight interview, he said, listen, I damaged my hand in the second round, so I was a little, I couldn't do X, Y, and Z. Okay, fair enough. You've got yeah. to, If you have injured yourself, you've got to manage certain situations. I completely understand that. But optically watching it, I just felt, we got to a point where we get, we're going second gear, third gear, fourth gear, and then we didn't go fifth. We went back to third, second, and come back down a touch. And I thought there was an opportunity, because he was there for the taking, Kozo. He, he'd been opened up a couple of times, especially then when Josh switches into south pole, he's cracking with left hands. I thought there was an opportunity to really just, if you poured it on him, you could probably get him out with a TKO. He, he looked tough. He looked like he had a chin on him. He was taking them body shots, weren't he? And there was a lot of them yeah. raining in. Roger. I just thought, Okay, he's a tough bastard, sound. But if you unload and overwhelm him, I think the referee will uh, stop this fight. And and that unloading and overwhelming him situation never happened. Yeah, the most he would output was like a four-punch salvo. And Michael Alexander would kind of take a little step forward and then Josh Kelly would take a step backwards and allow Corzo to breathe. Listen, Corzo was an undefeated fighter and he was tough, as you say. The, the amount of left hooks to the body that he took uh, astounding, really, <laughs> that he that he managed to stay on his feet. Um, but he there was no point where Josh, we got to the point <laughs> where it was like, all right, stop the fight now. Do you know no, what I mean? Or, not or put put the corner in a situation where they're like, you know what? It's not our day to day. You know, his dad was in the corner, his brother, I think it was Corzo. It's not our day to day. Let's let's get him out of there because he was hanging. You know, and he was he was hanging with Josh at times. He wasn't winning rounds. But he was doing enough to get out of dangerous situations. He wasn't showing any real panic in his eyes in terms of being seriously hurt. Um, listen, I think he, I think Corzo came, had a look for four rounds, realized yeah. he was outclassed, and then just turned to like a journeyman, just became a spoiler. Lots of holding, of course. He was he was doctor point for holding. I think it was like eight or nine rounds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He clipped Josh around the head one time when Josh caught him right on the bell. Um, just signs of frustration and things like that. But this is the issue that you've got with... with Because I'm like you. Josh is super talented. Super talented. And he's so pleasing on the eye to watch. But again, you know, and we talked about this in the build-up to the to the Avanesian fight. He hasn't... He doesn't seem to have a predatory instinct. You know, I don't know how much I don't know how much power's there either. He looks flashy, it looks incredible. He switches, goes to the body really well, picks his shots really well. Like everything about him is tick, tick, tick. But there's a question mark about the power. And there's a, certainly a question mark about the predatory instincts. He's too comfortable winning uh, 12 round points decisions, 10 round points decisions. Whereas he needs to realize, you know, he, I seen in the aftermath, he was talking about Conor Ben, he was talking about Eubank, he was even talking about Tim Tzu. Yeah, man, these, these are all great fights that make absolute sense. But with all due respect, they're all much bigger names than Josh Kelly. And Josh Kelly isn't creating the kind of headlines, or more importantly, in this generation, viral moments for people to get behind that chatter. And mm. do you know what I mean? Even, even Liam Smith, 
Liam Smith will probably go, well, what does Josh Kelly bring to bring to the table for me? Nothing really. And it's moments like this where he, it's not a case of, yeah, but I'm winning every round. It's easy, this watch. Like, you know, someone like Josh Kelly, I'm transfixed for five or six rounds. Mm. And I'm like, right, okay, I've seen everything now, Josh. I've seen you throw every book in the Arsenal and I've seen you win every round. Now I'm starting to lose a little bit of interest. Now I'm a bit like, oh, what's happening on my social media? And, and he's so talented. He's so good that there should never be that moment. As you say, as he goes through the gears, there should be a crescendo. We go, okay, here we go. Here we go. Because I was in trouble now. And if there was a sustained attack from 8, 9, 10 onwards, if there was a four-point salvo step back, back in, another four, five-point salvo step, another one, Michael Alexander's got no option. And Corzo wasn't talented enough to get out of that situation. It was every time Josh would, bum, bum, bum. It's like he he does something beautiful, flashy, left, right, left to the body, bum, little jab. And then he steps back as him to go like, fucking hell, how good was that? And I'm like, mate, I've, you've been doing that for the last five rounds. And it looks great. But where's the moment? Where's the viral moment that you're going to create? Especially on a weekend where there was point decisions everywhere. This was his opportunity mm. to... To really capture that audience, and I listen, get. I, 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 I just say I get. I completely get what you're saying, but if we remember the Troy Williamson fight, and I know I keep highlighting it, if he, if you, it comes down now, in my opinion, from from Callis Owland, he's got to give him the right guys. He's got to want. He's got to give him guys that want to take his head off. It reminds me a little bit, opponent wise, like for example, Sonny Edwards is one of our favourites, isn't he? He ain't taking anybody out, and okay, it's nope. a lower weight. It's a lower weight division, and he's flashy. He looks beautiful to watch, but it's because the guy in the other corner is a bull, and the the guy in the other corner is constantly trying to want to take his head off. So therefore, right. he just school he schools the guy. Levels. So yeah, Callas got to give him dudes that want to take his head off, and I know that you know they might want to be looking after their investment or whatever. No, mate, he's talented enough. Give him a bull. Okay, the Avanesian situation was too early for him. That proved. But I think Troy Williamson, he, he's ticked a box. You've now got to give him someone that wants to take his head off. And then that then might change the opinion of people going, fucking hell, this lad's a super talented kid. Okay, he might not have the power. He might not be the knockout merchant. But I tell you what, he can stand people on his head by dancing around them. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. It, listen, as you say, you've got to highlight the Troy Williamson and, and think if he were to get in with any of those names that we just mentioned, any of those four names or someone of a similar ilk, then who's got ambition from round number one to round number 12, maybe that presents Josh with more opportunities to yeah. to, to perform. Whereas, and he'll have to work because they'll come of course, at him. Because in this dude, fight, he's it's like, like, oh, thank fuck, I've got to rest. <laughs> correct. Correct. And, and then... But Josh has got to be more of a he's got to be more of a can opener, you know. By this get, stage of his career, right. he's got to be able right. to unlock these guys and go right. Okay, you're in survival mode now, and I know that you know once I land that left hook to the body, you take three steps back. Well, next time I do the left hook to the body, I'm going to step straight back in with something else. Do you know what I mean? And and there wasn't that moment. There's a lot of admi admiring his own work rather than trying to make a bit of a statement. You, you but you blow this kid away, you stop a kid that's 18 and 0. And you get on that microphone and you call out other people. It creates a real narrative. But I just thought the performance, as talented as he is, and again, you know, I feel like I'm digging Josh out here. He was he was great. He looked great. Yeah. But I wanted more because you were great after six rounds. Okay, brilliant. You've been great tonight, Josh. Let's rubber stamp it, baby. 
and he didn't rubber stamp it. And by, you know, by the time it got to 10, 11, 12, I'm half watching it, I'm half flicking on my phone, and oh yeah, more, more, more good stuff. Mega. And I just think this guy was there for the taking. So that's you know, it's a it's a harsh criticism, but with, with all due respect, none of the guys he's called out are gonna are gonna take Josh Kelly on because he's yeah. more than capable of standing them on the head. And he hasn't yeah. created a strong enough narrative. So it is going to be hard for the Sowlands to get him matched with someone that's gonna that's gonna really open up the division for them. They're gonna have to pay, they're gonna have to put their hand in the pockets quite deep, or they're gonna have to go back on the road and do something on the road again. Hmm. Was there anything else in Newcastle that caught your eye? Um, the obviously the British title fight um delivered, you could say. Uh, that was probably the the best fight on that card. Uh, Liam Dillon de- beating Kazash Fak. I thought Dillon looked great on the night. Really good performance. Couple of couple of stop, couple of uh, knockdowns there as well in the fourth and in the ninth. But he um, he won it on my scorecard even without the knockdowns. Anyway, uh, Ashfak just, just didn't look quite at the races, and I thought Dillon looked lovely and sharp. So that one delivered. And then I don't, I don't know why the ads uh, Drago. So far up on the card, I'm guessing he sold he's a ticket seller, the tickets. He's yeah, a he's, ticket he sold the tickets, but you know. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It was, uh, he lost again, which is uh, against the guy that looked a little bit unflattering. But, you know, this, this is this is low-level heavyweight division, unfortunately. But, but yeah, that, the, the, probably the fight was was Liam Dillon. Liam Dillon versus Cash Ashback. Yeah. Uh, what do you make of Alicia Baumgardner? I think she's a little star, to be honest with you. I thought that was supposed to be, you know, we we built it at the weekend as, you know, oh, it's a tough one. This this scales beat her before, yeah. and this is a 50-50. And I just thought Baumgartner, from the ring walk to the final bell, was a superstar. She yeah. owned it. She absolutely owned that show. Um, yeah, I thought she was outstanding. And I, it wasn't the fight I was expecting. I thought Christina would really bring it. I thought Christina would find chinks in the armor. I thought she would find inroads into the fight. But Baumgartner behaved like a unified champion. She behaved like this entire card, yeah. this entire night is built around me and I will be the star of the show. And boy, was she the star of the show. I thought she was great. I like her a lot, man. I like her a yeah. lot. For, um, it, it, this is going to sound really harsh, right? Because the original is Clarissa Shields. Yeah. yeah. You know, the, the dance walkouts, the swag come out, put on a bit of a clinic, chirp on the microphone. So yeah. there's always going to be, if, for the uneducated eye, there's always going to be that that goes, well, she's just trying to be Clarissa Shields, isn't she? Right? People are always going to do say that. But I think it's a little bit more than that. Like, I, I, I'm really impressed with her. We watched her against Michaela Meyer. That's the, that's, the, that's the one where you go, right, that's a proper opponent. That's someone that's got really different, you know, different attributes that have been brought to the fight. She's tall, she's long and all that type of stuff. And I thought Baumgartner for 
six rounds at least was fantastic. Michaela came back on down the back end of the fight, definitely. But um, yeah. Bongarin was great. Um, and I, I just love confidence. Everybody loves that, don't they? It's, a, it's addictive. It's, a tra- it's, it's an attractive trait in anybody, male or female. When someone's got that confidence, when someone's got that swag, when someone's doing a little bit and then they go and deliver, fantastic. And I love the ring walk. I love the confidence on the ring walk. I love then the way, even though she's been beaten by this girl, let's not be, let's mm. not, let's not get this twisted. This girl's beaten her, um, and it's her only defeat as a pro. And she dominated the fight. I think Lynn Dartu had a couple of moments, didn't she, in and around seven and eight. But I put it down to Alicia just saying, right, I'll just take my foot off the gas here because she ain't going anywhere. So I'll just take my yeah. foot off the gas here. I'll save it for the last four minutes, and then I'll go again. And I thought she did nine and ten. She just went right. Go on then. I'll give you a showstopper now, kids. Let's uh, let's go through the gears. I think that she's the absolute business, and I like I like the chat afterwards where she's talking about right. Okay, I've had me fun here now. Let's go and uh, see if we can make super fights. We've done one with Michaela Meyer, which we all got extremely excited about. Let's see if we can make an Amanda Serrano fight. Let's see yeah. if we can go up to lightweight and and join the party at lightweight and see if we can get involved with those girls. I'll be really, really honest. I think it might be a touch too far size-wise because the girls yep. that are bigger than her are, I think, just as talented as her. Chantel Cameron, obviously, the younger, fresher champion that we're, we're talking about in and around 135 and 140. Um, but Serrano's small, mm. super talented, super, super talented. And Bumgarden of Serrano, for me, makes an awful amount of sense. I think that would be a brilliant fight if you can get that over the line. Well, that's where the opportunity is for her now. You know, and, and I've got to say, I love the women's weight classes just because of all these undisputed title fights. There's no bollocks. Do you know what I mean? I, I like the fact that it's nice and clean. Alicia Bumgarden is the best super featherweight on the planet. Chantel Cameron's the best super lightweight on the planet. Katie Taylor's the best lightweight on the planet. Clarissa Shields is the best. What is she these days? Light middleweight on the planet. It's lovely. It's lovely and nice and easy and clean. It's fantastic. Um, yeah, listen, I think the what Casey Taylor does next is going to be important. Obviously, the rematch with Chantel Cameron, whether that happens at lightweight or at super lightweight, that could obviously play into the hands here of what Bumgarden is going to do next. I think the Serrano fight for Katie Taylor's gone now because obviously her focus is on Chantel Cameron. I can imagine the Chantel Cameron rematch will be Katie's last fight, I, could, I, I would imagine, win, lose or draw, uh, or she's certainly close to it. Um, so it's a case of seeing what happens there with the lightweights, seeing what Serrano wants to do. Where's the, the next big fight for Serrano? And I think Serrano coming up and fighting Bumgardner for all these belts would be absolutely brilliant. You know, Bumgardner proved there, you know, there was a good audience there in Detroit. Had Thomas the Hitman in sitting cage side and everything else. Mm. And, and she brings a party. Like, I, I'm looking forward to watching Bumgardner fight again for everything I've just said earlier. She's a little superstar. And we're just getting these little pockets of superstars now across the women's weight divisions. And the beautiful thing is, unlike the men who are like, oh, fucking hell, I can't go up three pounds. The girls are like, man, I'll go up to fucking welter. Yeah, I'll come back down to featherweight. Yeah, go ahead. I'll have a go at super lightweight. It's mega fucking brilliant because that's how big fights are getting made. So, yeah, mm. I think I, may, I, I thought I, the Michaela Meyer, there was a lot of conversations coming out of it going, well, you know, should there have been a straight rematch? Did Meyer do enough down the stretch? Was it a controversial decision? Whatever else, I thought Baumgartner deserved to win. Yeah, she won six. I think I thought she won six four in that yeah, fight. Yeah, I thought she deserved to win that fight. 
And what she's done is now she's come out of the shadow of that fight with this statement performance mm. against the only girl that's ever beat her as a pro. She fucking basically stood Christina on her head, more or less, winning eight of the ten rounds quite comfortably, maybe even nine, maybe even all mm-hmm. of them. And mm. she's come out of that and gone, right, okay, let's make big fights. That's how it should be done, man. That's how it should be done. So, yeah, Serrano's a great shout. Um, Pre-weekend, we were all in on the, the Andy Cruz train. Obviously, he's turned pro. Again, I like to look... Listen, this is a pro debut, isn't it? And you've got to... We, we took a hat off last week to the matchmaking of this. Ten-rounder, yeah. straight yeah. in. Um, you put, you're putting Burgos, uh, the guy that uh, last time out, he fought against Keyshawn Davis. Keyshawn Davis took him uh, eight. So you've got your yardstick. I thought it was a great, great piece of matchmaking. Andy Cruz, what can you do? Um, and it goes the distance, right? It goes the distance. So people will look at that and go, oh, we expect no 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 listen think about this logically right this is a guy that has been an amateur for a long long period of time he hasn't gone longer than what 20 minutes professionally fighting i i i liked a lot of this okay yeah you want a viral moment yeah you want a statement yeah you want the thing don't you of course you want the yeah. thing that we've just been speaking about with, with with josh kelly um but you've got to remember professional debut 10 rounds good standard it's got, it's got a shitty trinket on it to get him ranked because you think they're going to move him pretty quickly. Yeah. I actually enjoyed it, mate. You know, I know it went I know it went long, but I sat there. And okay, there's a lot of rinse and repeat with the rounds. It's rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. But I kind of like, okay, when someone fights against this guy that's good, I think we're going to have a fucking absolute cracker fight. And it's going to be quick. Two or, two or, two or three fights from now, I think he could be in for something really, really special. Yeah, I think I think they're going to move him towards a world title fight early in 2024. You know, as you say, maybe another fight, maybe even a world title fight by the end of the year because this, this pedigree is so strong. I think there's two ways to look at this. Was it delighted he did ten rounds? Oh, listen, I would like to. I would like to have had that viral moment. You know, we yeah. kind of called viral moment. I think it would have sent shivers down the spine of Keyshawn Davis and Devin Haney, who both went the distance with Bergos in recent years. But then there's also an element of if he does stop Bergos on his debut, even if he stopped him late, do, does that make the IBF champion kind of go, well, yeah, well, no, sorry, I can't, I'm not answering that call. Your next contender, right? Yeah, come on then, yeah. Where does this, this is an Are you saying he's of, not full Usyk? Are you saying he's gone full he, Usyk here? I think he might have gone full Usyk here, Andy Cruz, yeah. I think he's gone into this fight going, I'm doing the full 10. I'm doing the full 10. I'm getting it in my locker. Um, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, you know, scaring everybody in this lightweight division just yet. Let's let them see me do rounds. And listen, fucking hell, he, he won every round and he won every round comfortably. But there's another gear or two to Andy Cruz. Yeah. There really is. And I think he's he's dealt with Bergos exactly how he wanted to deal with Bergos, and he's given Eddie the opportunity to negotiate and go. Well, you know. We're probably rushing Andy Cruz here, but you know we're, we're willing to pay for that world title fight and give you good money. And let's be honest, you know he didn't look great against Bergos, did he? You know the power doesn't translate. That was the mad thing. Some of the commentary from the weekend was fucking mental. At one what are you point, doing listening to commentary? You know, yeah. At one point they were talking about Andy Cruz not knowing how to throw power shots because you get penalised for throwing power shots in the amateurs. And I was thinking. What? Are they, are they actually are they actually listening to what's coming out of their mouths? 
Say that, that again. The point say they made. Up, the point they made. I'd say it slowly so people can understand what. You yeah. Just said. The point. Well, it's funny. You picked up on it. Someone picked up on it on social media, and I was having a back and forth with them at the t- on Sunday yesterday. But on the commentary, they were like, because. You, because you get penalised for throwing power shots in the amateur game, Andy Cruz hasn't, you know, learned how to throw a power shot was what they were implying. And I was like, what are they actually talking about? You get penalised in the amateur code for throwing a power shot. This is the biggest load of nonsense I've ever heard in my life. I'm like, hey, where's that? Where's what? That where where is that rule coming? No, exactly. Yeah. Don't exactly. hit him hard. Yeah. Don't hit him hard, right? Exactly. Take a point off you if you hit him hard. Just tap him. Fucking mental. But yeah, wow. listen, I, I I personally think Andy Cruz just pulled everyone's pants down a little bit and was like, oh yeah, you know, oh, mate, maybe I just haven't got enough pop. Mate, he's got the pop. Believe you me, the kid can fucking bang. I think he, you know, I said it's it prior speed, to this. Pl- it's speed and timing oh, is what he's got, it's, it's, it's speed and timing. His fight IQ, his timing... His footwork, it just everything. He, he's the fin- he's the finished article. He's absolutely bang on. All he needs is experience. He just needs that little bit more pro experience. I think that's why ten rounds was yeah, vital right. here. Vital here for for every reason we've just explained. And listen, I'm, I'm just praying Eddie brings him over, man. I'm praying. I'm praying he brings him over to the UK. Yeah. Before yeah. he steps him up. If you're watching Eddie, and I know you're you're still a fight disciple, Eddie. We've lost Frank temporarily, but Eddie's still here. Eddie's still watching. Mate, please bring Andy Cruz over. Please bring him over. Stick him on in the UK because once he becomes a world champion, he'll be selling out the East Coast left, right, and center. And we probably won't get the chance again. So I'm praying Eddie brings him over for a knockover here. Every, every lightweight in Britain has just shit themselves right now, just in case they get that phone call. But, did you just mate, hang on a minute? You can't bring you can't say that. Bring him over for a knockover, not bring him over for a proper fight. No, I didn't say knockover, I said every lightweight in Britain oh, right. shit themselves when I said that, oh, right. you know what I mean? Because it's fucking Andy Cruz. But I would love to see him in the UK. Absolutely love to see him. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, we questioned what is Isaac Gutierrez all about, yeah? We didn't know. The Mexican who was taking on Jermaine Franklin at the weekend. We didn't know too much about him. We just saw that high percentage knockout ratio. We went down that resume and we saw, yeah, okay, fair enough. There's, it's, it's a little bit padded, that. Let's be straight, pal. Um, turns out he, he, he can take a punch. Oh, he can take that, one. That's about it. That's he couldn't, about he couldn't it. throw one, but he can take one. <laughs> <laughs> we shouldn't laugh. We shouldn't laugh. Uh, listen, Jermaine Franklin's back in the wing column. There you go. He's, he's been on the heavy bag for, t- for uh, what, eight to ten rounds or whatever it was. Well done, Jermaine. Back in the game. Didn't have to take much coming back the other way, though, did he? No. No. Good win. Nice kid. Good for him. Yeah, good for him. Good for him, indeed. Um, is there, do you want to talk about anything else? Because there is another talking point from what you would class as boxing. But I'm kind well, of reluctant. Well, you would kind of reluctant to talk about it because it's like well, I, I don't think I don't think we should talk about it. But what I will say is um, that I watched an interview Eddie did over the weekend, and Ed, and and Eddie was singing from the Fight Disciples songbook when he was like, "We need to differentiate Separate, what we're yeah. doing, what this is, what box professional boxing is doing, 
and what that shite is, misfits and all this other bollocks. And this wasn't misfits, this was something else. But King, Kingpin. It was it was yeah, Kingpin, Kingpin you know, is what it was. It's faux boxing. They're not professional boxers. It isn't professional boxing. And and Eddie was right. Eddie was like, we need to fucking distance ourselves because that's not this. And all the good work Eddie's doing. And, and to be honest, you know, I have everybody in boxing. Eddie has championed the girls as much as or more than every other promoter on the planet. He gives massive opportunities to female fighters and everything else. So he was right to say it. But I'm, I'm screaming at the interview because I'm saying to Eddie, which your broadcaster keeps fucking doing it. Your broadcaster keeps putting this shit on. And... And with all due respect, on and... social media, on everything else, it's like, oh, such and such has just weighed in. Like, I'm, I'm sick of going on the zone going, oh, look at these two heads red on the scales. And I'm like, who are these guys? Should I know who these people are? And then I'll look and go, oh, 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 he's a fucking, he's a rapper and he's a YouTuber. And I'm like, this looks exactly the same as a matchroom weighing. It's got the same people, you know, Addy fucking presents on it and all kinds. I'm like, there's no different, there's no differentiating whatsoever. Where was this? Where was this Kingpin one? Was oh, it on the zone? I don't think it's a zone thing. This was it Misfits not? is the zone, isn't it? Misfits, Misfits is the zone. Yeah, yeah. And it's the same people, the same broadcast, the same, well, they are... the same feels the same. There's yeah. no di- listen. So you know, I get I'm it. Like, the argument, the main argument. Yeah, but the main argument from an Eddie Hearn point of view is he started this. He was the one that saw the opportunity with KSI and Logan Paul, and he was the one that then put Devin Haney and Billy Joe Saunders on the fucking same card. So, the, you know, so that so when you're talking about we need to differentiate between this, we need to differentiate. You started it. You're 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 you're, you're the one that started that. That's why we're in this shit. Yeah, good point. Yeah, so good point. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Yeah. yeah, but it was a load of shite, and it's uh, horrific, horrific because it blows back. People, people will see that who don't understand boxing. And we'll just see that and go, ugh, for the state of boxing, look what it's doing to itself. And and that's not boxing. Although, no, wait, wait a minute, whoa, 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 just, just, just to add a caveat to that. Eddie weighed two girls in the other week for a world title fight and the world champion had no fucking bra on and had a painted vest with OnlyFans on. And Eddie was standing there holding the world title. There's got to be a point where Eddie goes, sorry, girl, you know, this is not a fucking a, a titillation tit show. This is not a stripper's. Put a put a top on, please. Do you know what I mean? There's there's a big difference between showing your tags on on live TV. <laughs> and what a word you keep I, saying. I've never you keep saying that word, right? I'm Whoever, trying, to, trying to get it into what, common parlance to yeah, use for titties. What is that? I've never tags. heard that. I've never heard that before. Tags is the, is that just a scouse thing? I don't know, but it might just be a peak thing. But the tags. like I seen um who's uh, Ebony Bridges? Ebony Bridges. Dresses erotically when she weighs in, but you right. can't see anything. Do you know what I mean? She knows what she's doing, and she's catering to a certain audience, but she's covering herself up. There's a level of, you know what I mean? She ain't got nothing out. You ain't seeing nothing, but it's titillating. Let's say there's a difference between that and a world champion weighing in with no top on, and then that has now descended into some YouTuber influencer, whatever these people are, just completely and utterly flashing. In, she knew what she was doing. Her job as an influencer slash YouTuber, social media personality is to create viral moments. She ain't going to do that actually boxing because they can't box. So what's she going to do? She's going to take a moment to flash, knowing full well my tags will go all around the world and it will draw people to my my account. 
But we are given boxing by leaving the back door open. Well, as you just explained, by Eddie yeah. leaving the keys in the back door, have now come in and are exploiting a situation that's now looking bad on Eddie and his business. And now Eddie's gone. Okay, now we need to sort this out. But you're right. You're right. Eddie's as guilty as everybody and as anybody for getting us in the state we're in. But I would love to see Eddie now turn that on his own broadcaster and go right. We need to really strongly differentiate. The boxing team that covers matchroom shows, that covers boxing, has to be completely different from the team and different, different, like, it's got to look different, feel different. Mm. They shouldn't be calling it boxing. It should be called faux boxing or something completely different because it ain't boxing. But anyway, we spent too well, long they, on... Some... Well, they, well, they call it misfits, don't they? They call it misfits, and it kind of is a, it's a perfect name. Yeah. <clears throat> Any rod? There you go. That's your boxing from uh, from the weekend. Just got it's been action packed. Been a bit exhausting. There's been a little bit of action uh, in there to get stuck into. Um, I've no doubt. Um, I'll just say if it, if it. No, I'm not going to say it. I'm going to say it. I'll leave it. I'll leave it. Go on, tell uh, Frank you still love him. That's what you were going to say, wasn't it? No, I wasn't going to say that. I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> I'm only messing. <clears throat> um, we are in London this week. For a little bit of UFC action, we're going to talk about that on our MMA show. So uh, make sure you get across there for a little bit of uh, a preview at some point this week. There's a bit of boxing uh, coming up this weekend as well. But the main boxing that you're all excited about is taking place on the 29th, uh, where Errol Spence Jr. and Terence oh. Crawford are going to go at it. That's right. We are two weeks away, kids. Two weeks again. For, for all the chat that we have and rows that we have and discussions that we have, we have got one hell of a week next week, Tuesday morning, and there will be and there's a British broadcaster for it. Stephen Fulton and Noya in New Way are going to fight. Eleven o'clock in the morning. Take your day off work. Take your morning off work. Make sure you've got it. That's happening a week on Tuesday. Yeah. And then the following Saturday, you've got Terence Crawford versus Errol Spence. As a week of but it doesn't get better than that. Nope. It do, it does not get better. In fact, on the Friday night, uh, Sinisa Estrada's fighting as well who's a, a sensational talent. Listen, it's great stuff. All great stuff next week from the world of boxing. Um, and we'll give you a big preview on that on next week's programme, all right? So make sure you come and join us for it. Uh, thank you very much for tuning in. You can subscribe to us via our website, fightdisciples.com. We're on YouTube, so if you prefer to watch us, you can. And even if you don't prefer to watch us, please hit the subscription button on our YouTube channel. It just helps visibility. So you're helping us out if you can. That'd be great. Uh, Fight Disciples on there. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.